hello, and thank you for joining the Dr. Whisperer podcast. I am your host, Sharon Feckety. I am the Dr. Whisperer, and I am so happy that you chose this podcast to listen to when there are so many choices out there. If you are enjoying the podcast, please consider writing a review or typing one, shall I say, and sharing it with somebody who might benefit or enjoy. Thanks so much for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Whisperer Show. I am Sharon Feckety, the Dr. Whisperer, and I'm very um, eager to have this conversation with Jennifer Wiggins, who is the founder of Aegis Malpractice Solutions. Um, After 16 years working in one of the nation's largest malpractice insurance carriers, she did what all of us entrepreneurs do. We break out a corporate (laughs) and we try to do things the way that we are passionate about doing them. So Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So I just want to get right into it because um, as I mentioned before hitting record, um, malpractice tends to be a a very, uh, it's like saying lawyer in a doctor's office, you know, Mm -hmm. or, or accountant. They're all words that nobody wants to talk about, but very necessary when you have a business, especially if you're a physician, you need to have great malpractice. So Jennifer, why don't you tell us about your why, why you decided to, after all of those years working for that carrier to break out and do things differently? Yeah, for sure. So my quick history is I, um, I always knew I wanted to be involved in healthcare in some capacity. And when I went to college, initially, I thought I wanted to get into the world of pharmaceutical sales. So Mm. applied with all the big pharma companies back in the boom and didn't get a single callback. Mm. Um, And I was like, okay, time to pivot. So um, I have worked my entire life. I've worked since I started babysitting at age 14. And so not doing anything wasn't really my uh, jam. So I ended up coming back home after college and started answering ads in the paper, happened to answer an ad in the paper for uh, Cutco knives of all things. So I don't know how many people have used Cutco knives. They're actually wonderful (laughs) knives. (laughs) But I started my career selling Cutco knives. And um, one of the people that I happened to sell knives to was the wife of an executive at a company called Medical Protective. And um, I had sold the knives to the wife and she was like, you really shouldn't be selling knives. You probably (laughs) should be doing something else. (laughs) So she said, I think they're hiring at MedPro. It's an entry-level position. Would you be interested? And I said, yes. So I started at Medical Protective in their call center. I was literally answering 1-800 number calls, um, directing doctors to their various representatives, to the claims department, to the risk management department. So I went from switchboard operator to eventually I became the call center manager, moved into a customer service role, moved into a national sales role called the inside sales team. And then um, right before I left, my role was the regional sales leader for the direct team in the Mideast region, which essentially meant that my job was to manage all of the physician and surgeon business that Medical Protective had in like a five-state region. Mm. So I was in charge of retaining that business, making sure those clients were taken care of and serviced, but then I was also a producer. So I was knocking on doors, trying to sell Medical Protective's malpractice insurance. How fun. Yeah, to CEOs, (laughs) practice administrators, doctors, um, probably many of the people that you work with. Mm -hmm. So that was my job and I loved it, loved Mm -hmm. it. 
Um, it was something I was really passionate about and I was very eager to learn as much as I could about the industry. But what I found was as I started kind of really building relationships with clients in the field was doctors didn't want me to just come in and say, hey, do you want to buy this one policy from this one company who I work for? They really didn't know a whole lot of anything when it came Mm -hmm. to malpractice. A lot of the times they didn't even know the basics of like, what's the difference between occurrence and claims made coverage. Um, They oftentimes didn't even know who are even all of the carriers out there, which ones are good, which ones aren't good. How do I know which one to pick or which one not to pick? And so I found pretty quickly that there was a gap in terms of specific expertise to really kind of be that guide for a practice to really be able to cut through all the muck and figure Mm -hmm. out, all right, what are all of the available options? What are the advantages and disadvantages of each? And which one is the right fit for you based on your unique practice situation? Because no one practice is like the next. And so sometimes one carrier might be a great fit for one and maybe not a great fit for another. And so after 16 years of working for MedPro, I decided that I was really passionate about breaking off and becoming a broker. Mm. So in the fall of 2018, I resigned from that position and I launched Aegis Malpractice Solutions. And we are, um, I like to call us like a boutique insurance agency because we only do MedMal. It's the only thing that we do. So I love that. So I'm going to ask you to pause there for a minute. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a lot. (laughs) Um, So as a previous administrator of um, medical uh, practice and one in New York and one here in um, Clearwater, Florida, Mm -hmm. um, this was one of the, the topics, of course, that was, it was my job. It was my job to make sure that we had a great company to work with, um, that we were getting great rates and, it was also very difficult for the, the people that wanted our business to get by the gatekeeper, which was yes. me. Yes. So before, cause I'm very interested, of course, in you becoming this broker, cause I'm already like, well, this is, I want to send my doctors to you uh, <laughs> because I really do. I think that I think just like physicians don't go to business school, right? This is why I'm Correct. a doctor with her. So they're here to save lives. Hopefully, maybe yes. throw some Botox, whatever doc, whatever you're doing. Yeah. But and even nurse practitioners, right? Nurse practitioners have a totally different um, policy than the doctors, but they need it as well. So and and PAs, I don't want to leave anybody out. I get a lot yes, of yes by not saying PAs. But yeah. um, how I want to know how you got through before yeah. you talk about your own business, how you got through to those gatekeepers, because that is the question asked of me all the time. Sure, sure. So it's not easy, right? Because their job is to keep you away. Um, so when I was on the inside sales team, and this was this was a telemarketing position, I'll be completely transparent with you. We, we sat in our little cubicles and we were cold calling out to groups we had never met before. And so we were dealing with those gatekeepers every single day. So generally what I would try to do is I would always try to make them an ally And I would try to say, and obviously address the elephant in the room. I just want to let you know, here's who I am. Here's what I'm doing. I'm not trying to be a nuisance to you. But if I wanted to do get in front of the provider, if I wanted to get in front of the CEO, what's the best way for me to do that without being completely annoying to you? And usually they'll say, 
um, you know, of course there's the standard, put it in the mail, which I would do. And then I would follow up with a phone call, but sometimes they would be like, you know what? They hate it when people cold call or cold email them. So don't, don't send them an email, um, send it to me and I'll forward it to them. Or they may say, um, call back, but only call between these hours when this, that's when they're going to be at their desk and I'll let them know that you're calling. So I always found that it was best to try to get them to be your ally and to try to have them help you. Um, and of course, not everybody was willing to do that, as you know, but sure, that sure. generally was the best way to do it. If you could have an internal um, helper, that was usually the best way to try to cut through the noise. Absolutely. So now you have all these great transferable skills. You were selling knives. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was in telecom before I got into <laughs> No, the, I was selling um, telecom systems to people that were screaming at me as stockbrokers in Manhattan. Yeah. Um, you know, so it really prepped me, who knew, for the medical industry. And then you went through all of those years working for this large malpractice carrier. And then you, mm-hmm. you know, stepped out and thought, I could do this better. Yeah. 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 Because, you know, it, it's, it always is somewhat biased when you're walking into a practice and you're saying, Hey, do you want to buy this one insurance that I is the only one I can sell you. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you it's the best because it's my only option. Right. And then I, you know, I would find, I had actually a personal example where there was a CEO who was a friend of mine personally, and she came to me one year at renewal. I had delivered her renewal quote and the renewal had gone up and she had said, Jen, I got to tell you, I got a quote from another carrier that's better and my doctors really want to switch, but we're going to stay because we're friends and I don't want to do that to you. And I walked out of that meeting and I was just like, like that's, that's not what I want to do. I mean, Mm -hmm. healthcare practices are struggling. Mm -hmm. And the last thing I want is for you to be overpaying out of a sense of obligation when that may not be the right fit for you. So that was actually kind of like the catapulting moment when I started thinking, I think I should do this differently. I agree. And so I want to also give you more kudos, if I may. (laughs) Because, you know, there was one company here and there is one company here that I refer out for employee health benefits because that's all they do. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I shouldn't say that. Now they might've expanded because they've merged with a bigger company. But anyway, um, I would call upon all trust because they brokered that deal. They went to all of the different carriers, did all of the work for me, sent me as the administrator, the spreadsheet and showed me where I could save what's more important to my doctors. Is it, you know, so that to me was so valuable, but it can be difficult to find administrators because, you know, when I was running, uh, when I was director of operations in New York medical, you know, we had, I managed all the practice managers. So I cared most about the deals that we got, but not every manager understands the value of having somebody that's actually going to shop for you Mm -hmm. and then give you the best service. So now, because I'm completely obsessed with what you're doing now, tell me um, what it's been like at Aegis and, and what that looks like for the doctor practice. Yeah. So it has been such a breath of fresh air. Like it's just every day is so exciting and so fun because we're really solving problems and we are making, um, 
we're taking that burden away from our doctor clients and our CEOs and our practice administrators that we work for, because not only are we going to market and shopping around and showing them their available options, but we're empowering them by educating them and then giving them our recommendation. So for example, you know, if, if I give them a, a comparison of here's quote one, quote two, quote three, quote four, we don't just do that. My job is to help them understand those are the prices, but let me explain to you what's unique about each carrier, what's different. You know, this carrier is better at this, this carrier is better at that. And knowing your practice and your plans to expand and get into telemedicine or to start doing aesthetics or to open up a med spa or whatever I know is on the horizon for them, I can kind of steer them towards whatever market I think is going to be the best fit. And what's nice then too is that I really don't have any skin in the game in terms of which carrier they pick. Right, um, it doesn't matter to you. Right. It doesn't matter to me. And mm-hmm. so it's no longer me walking into the office saying, hey, I think you should buy this one policy because it's the only one I can sell. Now it's coming in saying, I don't care which one you buy. I just want to empower you with all of the information that you need so that you can choose the one that's going to be the best fit for you. And then ongoingly, obviously, we then work as their agent. So our job then is to help them throughout the year if they need to make changes, if they um, need to do something different or add a provider, make a part-time status change or something like that. Our job is to help them with all of that. But then every year at Renewal, we're doing all the legwork for them to say, hey, here's what's happening um, at a state level, at a nationwide level within your specialty. This is what we're seeing with trends. And we can give them advice in terms of, I think the carrier that you have right now is still the right fit. Or we could say, you know what, the carrier you're with is taking a 10% rate increase at renewal. Would you want to shop around this year? So we can kind of be the eyes of the on the horizon because they don't have time. They don't have time for that, nor do they want to mess with that. What they truly ultimately want is they want quality coverage that's going to cover them when they need it, and they don't want to overpay for it. Those are the two most important things. And they don't want to hassle with it. I should add a third. They don't want to hassle with it. So Jennifer, um, I feel like an idiot. Is this common, what you're doing? Is this, are there other companies that are brokers like yourself? Um, Is this something new? Because my goodness, that certainly would have been, you know, I had, there was one really great shift in malpractice for me when I was running the last practice. Because we, you know, doctors tend to go with, let's go with the biggest and the best. Yeah. We can't risk risk. Okay. So they're paying the most. And I am, I don't know if it's because I'm from New York originally, but I'm always about like, well, let's get different proposals and, and compare them. Of course that's time consuming. And the practice manager, if that practice manager is not incentivized to Give more protection. Like there's, let's be real. There's a lot that just don't care. And they're that's right. Have- it's easier to let it go on autopilot. Yes, they have already have so many things on their plate. Hey, quick interruption on this amazing podcast, but we have to tell you about our awesome sponsor, Thai Technology. They are so cool, and they're here in Tampa Bay. If you're a Tampa Bay listener. Thai Technology is the best voice over IP business phone service company out there. How do I know this? I used to work in telecom before I worked with doctors. That's right. So I know me a good phone system when I see it. Plus, they are integrated with Zoom. 
They are the only ones that are integrated with Zoom. And if you mention this podcast or you mention the Facebook show, they're going to hook you up with three months for free. Follow them on Facebook and on Instagram. Thai Technology Rocks. So is it is it a is this something new? I mean, I'm so excited that you're doing it. And are you only licensed in one state? So uh, let me answer the second question first, and then I'll go back to the to the first. So so we are a nationwide brokerage. So we can do business. <laughs> we can do business in all fifty states and um, uh, plus DC. So we can help providers anywhere. And what we have found is. Um, you don't need to be physically located in the same state as your client to be able to service them. You just have to have knowledge of their market and you have to have carriers that have the expertise to really be able to serve them in that particular state because malpractice is so unique state by state. Yeah. And I know you've only been, you've been in a few states and the two that you've mm-hmm. mentioned are significantly different. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you don't really know what you're doing, um, or have carriers that really have the underwriting expertise to deliver, you could also really screw that up. Okay. So you need to make sure you're not over-promising that you can help somebody in a market and you really don't know what you're doing. So because um, of the fact that I've only done MedMal for, gosh, this will be my 20th year mm-hmm. <laughs> in the end industry, which sounds ridiculous. But um, when we set up the agency, we said specifically, we're just going to stay in our lane and we're only going to do what we do really, really well. So we're not going to be a general insurance agency that does business owners policies and work comp and general liability. And we also do MedMal because we realized that MedMal is so unique and so intricate and so important that a lot of our competitors who are general agents who are very good at what they do, we can run circles around them on the MedMal front because they just don't have the knowledge. And unless you're really doing it day in and day out, and if you're not going to the industry conferences, you're not constantly keeping an eye on what's happening um, at the industry national level and also the state level, again, you can really misdirect your clients. And so we um, decided that we wanted to structure ourselves specifically to be that kind of boutique insurance agency. So we only do the one thing, but we do it extremely well. So there, there are not a lot of other agencies that do it the way that we do it. Most of them are, you know, the big brokerages, the, the, the multi-line insurance agencies and their sales pitch obviously is, you know, we can do all your insurance for you, which at face value sounds like it would be really helpful because you would just have one point of contact But the problem is when you're a jack of all trades, master of none, you're not really helping anybody. Yeah, well, amen to that, sister. So, you know, and a lot of the people that are running these practices um, will want to go for the easy solution. That's just the truth. Correct. Not me. When you actually, when you have the physician's best interest at heart, when you realize that this is not your money or your license, Mm -hmm. you will actually do all of the due diligence to make sure that you're getting the very best. You know, I always say like, um, I went out on my own for the same reason. You know, I've been in the medical industry for 20 years and that is crazy to say, I agree with you. And that's why people trust me. And that's why I would trust somebody like you because you really understand the Mm -hmm. industry and, and they don't. 
They don't right. understand it and they don't want to talk about it and is a very difficult. So you need somebody really on your side that is well-versed in so many different ways, but not, as you mentioned, the jack of all trades. That is why I love the broker concept of, you know, somebody that's going to be out there fighting for you because the doctors have way more important things to do than to be worried about, you know, when that day, not if that day, but when that day comes that they're getting sued. That's right. That's right. And not only that, but, you know, proactively now there are so many options on the risk management side of the house where a practice that's really educated and taking full advantage of all of the risk management services and capabilities, they're, they're kind of putting up those safeguards and really mm-hmm. setting up the practice for um, obviously patient safety, but for their own protection from a liability perspective. So how has it been in terms of, you know, this big shift during these last two years? I'll just call it a shift. We won't even get yeah, any yeah. anymore, you know, with everybody having to put um, telehealth as a part of their practice. What has that been like for your agency? Yeah, you know, it just sped up a trend that was already happening in healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, initially, we were really seeing telehealth more with teleradiology, some telepathology, some telederm. Um, but obviously COVID sped all that up and now all specialties at least need to have an option to be able to treat their patients remotely. Mm-hmm. So we were well positioned and luckily our carriers were already well positioned because they already had a product and a capability to be able to offer mm-hmm. telehealth coverage. It was just now a matter of um, making sure that everybody had access to it who needed it. And let's be honest, pretty much everyone had to have it for a small period of time. Um, And luckily the carriers made it very easy for us to be able to add that coverage to their policies. Most of them put it on standard on everybody's policy. So assuming they were just treating patients in their same general geographic area, most of the carriers added that telehealth exposure coverage for no cost. But obviously if it was somebody who said, I want to start seeing patients on the other side of the country, then that would take a little bit more adjusting. But that pivot wasn't as difficult as we anticipated it to be. Probably the more difficult pivot was when elective surgeries went away and mm-hmm. we had to try to hurry up and figure out a way to um, give some premium relief to our surgeons who were still paying surgical malpractice premiums, but they weren't doing anything. Right. So that probably was a little bit more of the, oh my gosh, let's hurry up. <laughs> right. Yeah. So what about, um, because I have a lot of advanced level practitioners now coming to me that are starting their own yeah, um, yes. businesses. And it is one of the hot topics that they ask, you know, well, what, what about malpractice? So can you speak to that audience? Yeah, for sure. I just did a training for a, a company that's um, educating CRNAs and they're, they're training them on how to transition from a W-2 to a 1099 model. Mm-hmm. And um, so I did a course specifically for them on how you can pivot your med mal and move away from an employment model to an independent model. So there are a lot of advantages for advanced practitioners to carry their own malpractice insurance anyways. Um, And we can obviously go down that rabbit hole if you'd like to, but we do have a couple of episodes on our podcast, Malpractice Insights, that talk specifically about coverage for those providers and what they should be looking for, but also some of the pitfalls in employment malpractice coverage. So if you're an advanced practitioner and you work for a practice as an employee, they probably provide your malpractice insurance for you. But that coverage is probably limited scope and duty coverage, which means you're only insured for the work that you do for them. 
So if you want to moonlight or you want to do anything else on the side, you've got to get supplemental malpractice insurance. And so what a lot of providers end up finding is that it's just better, easier to just go ahead and secure their own individual policy. And then they can be back wherever they want. It's much easier for them to just have the one policy um, that covers them anywhere they want to go so that they're not managing two, three different insurance policies. All right, this one covers me for this and this one covers me for that. Um, so sometimes the individual policy is just the way to go to make it easier for those providers. Well, I love that you have those topics on your podcast, Malpractice Insights, because I think that that is super helpful, especially because you said they're only 10 minutes long, which I think that's yeah. great. Um, I, I want to talk, you know, when I joined, I joined a pediatric practice after being in multi-specialty um, uh, in New York and they, you know, were pediatricians and they had the highest limits of liability. They had not had a suit and I'm not even exaggerating. It was over 40 years. I mean, they're doing, they're not doing surgery, uh-huh. you know, and they were paying for the absolute creme de la creme because of that fear that yeah. was instilled in them before the New Yorker came along and said, this is crazy. So I own, I looked like a hero because I was saving them all this money, but the truth was, it was just, well, we need somebody that's going to do that research for you. And that's really what you do and educating them on yeah. what they really need, because you're so right when you say that, you know, they don't really know. Mm-hmm. And then of course, there's so much fear behind it. Every doctor I've ever worked with hates when I say the word malpractice and talks about it. Yeah. And this is, you know, an ongoing conversation, but that is a reality. It's like, well, you know, it's just like one day you're going to die. Yeah. You're going to have to talk about you dying. You yeah. also gonna have to talk about malpractice. So yeah. I love that you have that for everybody as a reason. Yeah, for sure. And one, one thing, and you were very smart to advise them on that. One of the things that doctors have to be really careful about is you don't want to be overinsured because it's like practicing with a target on your back. I mean, if you're carrying a really, really high malpractice policy limit and some plaintiff attorney figures out that you've got a $10 million policy or something outrageous, I mean, you're going to end up getting named in suits that you wouldn't even normally be involved with because they see you as deep pockets. So we always recommend you need to be appropriately insured, not overinsured and not underinsured, appropriately insured. And then there is some wiggle room within your individual risk tolerance. So if you want to bump it up a tiny bit for your own personal, you know, peace of mind, that's fine. But that's a usually a small window that we would recommend because again, you don't, I mean, I've, I've had practices that carried outrageous limits and I would just try to tell them every single year, are you sure this is still what you want to do? And they were adamant, <laughs> like right. your, your doctors. Yep. Yep. We want that much coverage. And I'm like, okay, right, you right. don't need it. Right. But- for me, it's funny because for me, it was like, okay, like I just applied the common sense. And I really feel like this is where those transferable skills come in. You know, yeah. when you come from a place that is, you know, your knives, I telecom, you know, we had this outside perspective and we had no clinical background, which sometimes I think is a real plus yeah. when you're just, you know, thinking about business. And I said, well, what surgeries are you performing? And they were like, well, if a kid puts a bead up his nose, we get the most reimbursement. I'm like, Oh, Lord above. Okay. Let's, let's change those (laughs) limits. You know, let's do that. Let's, let's get that. And you know, there's, because there's so much outpouring. It's so expensive to have a practice. 
And insurance is so expensive. And every state, like you said, is different. I mean, from New York to Florida, it's like night and day. Yeah. But it is definitely something that I believe everybody should be really, really educated on. So I'm so glad you're providing this education to the doctors and this great service. What um, what would you like to leave our audience with today um, about Aegis? Maybe tell us about the name of the business. Oh, yes. So I was telling you earlier how it's a, it's a pronunciation nightmare, but I did have a method to my madness when I picked the name. So what was <laughs> so- it? When I, when I first was thinking about business names, um, I, I always put on my, you know, pretend I'm the customer hat first. And so I was like, all right, if I was a doctor and I was looking for an insurance agent, what would I do? So I would um, probably type in malpractice insurance, which pops up the top carriers and I would click on a carrier and then I would go to find an agent and all of the agents are, guess what? A. Alphabetical. Right. <laughs> um, and so I was like, all right, well, we need to start with an A. So, so right. I uh, started looking for A names that um, had some meaning behind them. So I wanted a name that signified advocacy and um, partnership and defense and strength. And so Aegis is actually a Greek word. Um, anybody who studied Greek mythology in high school or college, it was actually the shield of Zeus. And so um, that's why our logo is a shield. But so that was kind of this um, picture of protection, um, advocacy, um, defense. And so that name um, was also unique enough that I was like, okay, I think we can make this work, but nobody can pronounce it. (laughs) So (laughs) So what? That's fine. Just like my last name. It doesn't matter. Um, And I'll tell you guys how smart that is that are listening today. So you um, back when there was no internet. Um, there's a reason why there's so many ABC liquor stores. Yes. Because when people went into the phone book, they yes. wanted to have something that started with A. So that is definitely a more business, a branding technique. So that is smart. This yeah. is a smart girl we're talking to, Jennifer Wiggins. Yeah. Here. You know, well, thank my- you. It's it's funny whenever we sponsor like events and it says thank you to our sponsors. Again, alphabetical. So we always end up at the top of the thank you to our sponsors list. And then I'm like, okay, this was more genius than I realized in the moment. (laughs) (laughs) So what that they can't pronounce it. Every time I get announced anywhere, I'm like, "Ah, I don't care. As long as you you say it's fine. Well, Jennifer, I'm so excited to um, make sure everybody knows about your company. It's got all of the connections to Aegis are in the show notes. I hope that you will check out her podcast. You certainly need malpractice. So to get educated about it and to have a broker, that's going to do the work for you. You have enough on your plate, doc, nurse practitioner, PA. Yes. Invest in somebody who already has invested their career in helping physicians navigate through malpractice. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. So don't forget if you mentioned that you've seen the show or listen to it on the podcast. Mention Thai Technology and you will get three months for free. They're the best.